0: Join us as, as we worship the Lord together. We're thankful for all of the visitors that we have today, and we hope that you feel welcome at, uh, after being here. Let us start our time together in prayer. Our Father, we are so thankful for the congregation that we have here, and we pray that. We will be a shining example to the community around us. We pray that you'll be with Brother Ken as he brings the message to us this morning. Be with us and to help us to do all things in accordance with your will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Good morning. <clears throat>
0: What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit! Oh, what needless pain we bear! All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? It's God. gratitude this morning for this day that we can come and worship you, be united in our faith, Father, as we lift up songs of praise, as we petition thee in prayer, as we remember your son with the Lord's supper, Father, we're so thankful for the church here at Bumble, for the elders' influence on our lives, for all our ministers, we have so many activities going on, Father, with cyc last leader we're so thankful for those that participate in those programs father for all the educators we're thankful father that you surround us with such great men and women to help our children father we pray for those who are sick today we pray for the lost the brokenhearted we just pray for all those father who are hurting in ways maybe we know nothing about we Pray for those that are incarcerated in different institutions. Father, we just pray that they'll be diligent in their study of thy word, Father, that they will be born again, that they can look to you for guidance. Father, we pray for Pinevale Children's Home. We're so thankful for all the churches, all the individuals that support the home. Thankful for the director, for the house parents, for the beautiful children, Father. We just Pray that they will just set the children's feet in a path on that journey that leads to everlasting life. We're so thankful for just their care and thoughtfulness for all these children. Father, we pray that you'll be with our speaker today, Brother Ken, as he delivers the lesson, the power of one body. We just pray, Father, that you'll open our ears, open our hearts, and just take this lesson today, Father, and apply it to our everyday life. Father, we just pray that we'll always be the light that you'll have us to be in our community, in our church, in our families. We pray, Father, that as we go through this week that you just will be found doing your will. We pray, Father, that we'll trust and obey your word, that we will be the heirs of your promises one day. Forgive us, Father, who we fail thee. We do love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
1: <clears throat> if you're willing and
0: able we'll ask you to stand for this song <clears throat>
2: <clears throat> oh wonderful Savior it is my Lord oh wonderful Savior to me be high, my soul in God the ground <laughs>
0: I'll be reading, excuse me. I'll be reading from Ephesians 4, verse 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling.
2: Good morning, everyone. You're just beautiful sitting there. There's your first compliment of the day. And it is a blessing to see so many of you here this morning for the purpose of worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Here for the year, we are centering our minds around the idea of the power of one. Our text for the series of lessons is from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It isn't just that I can do it all, not that. But the things that I can do for the Lord, I do not out of my own strength, but I do it out of the strength that the Lord provides. I can do it all through Christ who strengthens me. So we might wonder, as we're going along in that mentality, exactly what is it that strengthens us? What is it that gives us the power to have the success, to be one for the Lord? Well, this text actually introduces us to several ones. Actually, there are several, seven listed in the text that establish the mechanism by which we might be able to accomplish all these spiritual things to God's glory. And today we're going to consider together the very first of those in the list, the one body. Before we start that, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for the time that we now have allotted to spend in the study of your word. And more than that, Father, to meditate upon it, to worship you in it, to glorify and praise you for the the blessing. And today, the operative word is the power that is in it. I pray, Lord, that as we study these things, that some of that power will be transferred to us as we're striving to be the one body described in Scripture. But Lord, more than anything today, I pray that you'll help me not just to stress the one body, but of what we are as individuals, members of that body. And I pray, Father, that we will each be empowered so that in return together, this body here will be stronger than ever. And that... Throughout this world, your church strengthened by each member will be able to have success in this generation, to see to it that people know your saving plan. Whether they accept and obey that or not, I just pray that we'll be responsible enough to share it to the degree that the possibility for people to accept will be there. Please, Lord, as always, please help me to communicate that. And be with those who hear it, that they can accept it, and be empowered by it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. People want to parse these texts out and try to find things that really aren't here or to minimize their significance. I see right here in this one verse really the whole picture. I mean, what is my hope? My hope is vested in one thing. And so if my hope is so vested, if it is so exclusive, it makes good sense, I guess, that all the other things listed here, especially what we're going to talk about today, the one body, but also in its exclusivity be so significant to all of us there is one body for as the body is one and has many members so we being many are one body in Christ you and i together as members of the one body, contribute to the purity of that oneness. As we'll see today, unified in the truth, putting the Lord first, submitting to His will and not to our own. And I guess in terms of empowerment, since we're talking about power today, just realizing that God's able to Empower the one body as he blesses and empowers and strengthens all of us as individuals. So today, I I just want to do the simplest thing that we could do with the phrase. I want us to think for a few minutes about the fact that there is one body. And then I want us to think about ourselves, that there are many members. And then finally, let's bring it all together because we are to be one in this, unified. So you need to understand that there must be in the body of Christ unity. Okay, so there is one body. You're going to see from the Scriptures that the whole idea of the oneness of the body, of which eventually Christ would be described as the head of that body, that was something that God had established in his pl- in his plans from, well, from the very beginning. In fact, the scripture says, "From before the beginning. In Ephesians chapter one, beginning at verse three, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love." having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Well, yeah, we are accepted, but we are accepted as a measure of the grace of God having been extended to us, and we obeyed that. And the whole idea of obedience of that gospel, the the message of grace that was extended, from before the foundation of the world was going to be the mechanism by which God was going to save all of us so that you and I could enjoy, as as he describes it here in this text, every spiritual blessing. So I see the establishment of God's plan, and I realize, now wait a second, he, he says that that was something... From before the foundation, but when Jesus came, Jesus, Jesus was already signifying a time that was coming well-nigh to the folks that existed in His time, a time in which that power was going to be manifested. For instance, in Mark chapter nine and verse one, Jesus said, as there were some there hearing his preaching, he said, "There are some standing here who will not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God come with power." And of course, that's the very same kind of wording that's used in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. That they were going to receive power when the Holy Spirit had come upon them. That, of course, if you read a little bit further, is manifested in Acts chapter 2. The preaching of the gospel for the very first time, at least with the intended purpose of adding people to the Lord's church. When that was delivered... It was the fulfillment of all of God's plans again before the very foundation of the world. That's incredible power. But don't begin to think, now once that message has been preached, that somehow the power has been extinguished. Because that message that was going to save that generation of people was the very self-same message that was going to be preached continuing on. A message that was going to sustain the power of God manifested in the gospel. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, that's what Paul talks about. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God, the salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That secondary element there, kind of connected with the idea of the power of the gospel and the matter of salvation in verse 17, demonstrates that our relationship begins with faith, but it continues on in faith. That is, we begin in faith and we continue to grow in the faith with the intended purpose of readying ourselves for eternity with the Lord. And that oneness in the body is also demonstrated in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Actually beginning at verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also, he says, is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to taste or to partake of that one Spirit. That picture of the oneness. You know, we think of ourselves as individuals. We we have responsibilities. We have our place. But don't forget the purpose of all of those individual parts. It is for the binding together of the oneness, the exhibition of God's purposes in the body. But then, okay, so there is the one body demonstrated with all this great power foretold and then satisfied and now sustained by the preaching and teaching of the Gospel. And we see that we're one as individuals, all members, work together for the oneness of the body to the glory of Christ. So, tell me something about the members. I mean, there are, right, many Members. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, beginning at verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. I love the illustration that he gives because it's pretty simple, isn't it? He said, you know your physical body, it's made up of all these members, well, just as the physical body has all these members, so does the one body of Jesus Christ. It's made up of all of these members as well. And each one of you is one of those members. And each one of you has a, a role to play, a significant part in the health and the function and the well-being of this body. The reason that a local church will be strong and healthy It's not because it's generally true. It'll be because it's specifically true. It comes down to the health and the welfare and well-being of each individual. And that's why we're concerned about one another, right? We love and we aspire to help because we're dependent upon one another. Now, sometimes people get the mind, and, and maybe we promote that. I don't know kind of get the mind that one responsibility maybe is more important than another responsibility. I'm going to tell you that's not true according to God's measure. Now, if you show up one morning and all your preachers are gone and your song leaders are gone, your prayer leaders, and we start looking around for substitutes, you might be in a, whoa, wait a second! (laughs) But I'm telling you that in God's economy, the responsibility that He's put on you is the responsibility that He expects for you to carry out, no matter what that is, whether that's the preaching or the song leading or the prayer leading or the card writing or the floor sweeping, for that matter. God is intentional with regards to the gifts that He gives and what He expects out of those. In fact, uh, again, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, He lists a lot of things that God had empowered His people to do. And and I love how He generally concludes it beginning at verse 29. He asks, are all apostles? And the answer would be, well, no. Are all prophets? Uh, No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Go on down the list. Do all do the same things? The answer is no. No. He said, you know what? I I would love it. It would be great for all of you to aspire for the best gifts. But he uses this tremendous segue into chapter 13. He says, "I, I want to show you something more important than all of that. Now I want to stop there for a second, and I want us to chew, savor what he just told us. Not everybody has the same skill level. Not everybody has the same quote-unquote gift. But all of us have a responsibility to something. And he said, I want to tap that for a minute. Let's just lay aside The kinds of things that, you know, a carnal mind might say differentiates us. Let's get to the heart and the root of what really matters. And he says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy, I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Now he took it another level, didn't he? You know, you have all these abilities and these skills and the wherewithal to accomplish great things, but he says, look, if that's what you aspire to only, if that's all you are about, then you can forget it. Because the whole thing that was to undergird, even the gifts and and the carrying out of the function that God has laid on you as responsibility, the thing that is underneath all of it and driving all of it should be love. And if you don't have that connected with your specific responsibility, the individual that you are in this body, then with a lack of love, you begin to corrupt the body. And in case... We have a wrong understanding of what love is. He describes it for us. He said, love suffers long in its kind. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. is not provoked, Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. And this, love never fails. Whether there are prophecies, they'll fail. Whether tongues, they'll cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now we know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. You say, well now, okay, that that last part right there, just kind of putting love as a number one consideration. Well, what about the faith and the hope? And, and I was thinking back to this passage that we read uh, just a moment ago from Ephesians 4 and verse 4. In that text, we were, we were hit face to face with the concept of a one hope. That is, I'm aspiring to something. But what he's telling us is that love is not something that is aspiring. Love is something that is living in the present now and is going to have an eternal effect. And so regardless of the ability that I have, whether a spiritual gift that was given by the Holy Spirit as described in these texts, or whether it is some natural ability that we have nurtured to the glory of God, whatever it is, even the resources that come into our hands, that has got to be for the sake of the oneness of the body, for the unity that's to be enjoyed in the body, that's got to be driven by love itself. Because if it isn't, Well, effectively, all is lost. All is for nothing. And thinking about the implementation both of, you know, of of the skill set that we have in the accomplishment of some good thing for the Lord, all of us together, and then the motivation that I have of love. And then let's take that a step step further so I'm gonna I'm gonna operate according to what God has given me to do and I'm gonna drive that with love and then be certain that as I do it you know I'm doing it to God's glory I'm not doing it for myself or for my own acclaim I'm recognizing just as our text through the year reminds us it's through Christ that I'm able to accomplish these things and not some strength in and of myself case in point 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and following. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he who plants anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one shall receive his own reward according to his own labor, for we are laborers together with God. You're God's field, you're God's building. Did you hear that? We are laborers together with God. All of us together. The accomplishment of one task. You say, well, Ken, I did this and he did that and the other one did Okay, that's fine. We're all various components to a bigger work. All of us working together in our unique individual ways in order to accomplish some good work for the Lord. Indicating, in the end, our oneness. Our, our unity. And you know, that brings me to my last point, right? There must be unity. You say, well, can I understand the oneness of the body. I got it. One body. You know, one, the, the church got it. If you understand that, and you understand the significance of your part as an individual in that body then please understand that as individuals, you and I, we're on the same page, we're together. So we're striving not just to be be bound together as equals, but we are united as one mind in the accomplishment of God's will. There's an Old Testament text, Psalm 133, that actually is a terrific description of what true unity is is. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Okay. Again, reverse. Life forevermore? Yay! I want that! Okay. Well, it is made possible through our oneness in the Lord. And he describes for us a couple of different pictures. You know, he's, for the Jews, it was a remembrance of how it was when finally it all comes together, the law of Moses been, you know, revealed, and we're all going to get together and worship, and so we've got to consecrate our high priest. And here's Aaron, going to be the first high priest. When that oil dripped from the top of his head down to the skirts of his garment, it was a visual representation of absolute unity in that nation. From the greatest in that nation to the very least. They all, at least on the precepts and the truths of God, were one. One. You say with all kinds of individuals, King. King, They eventually, you know, they they had elders who led in places, and then tribal leaders, and ultimately had kings and people in court, and they had a legislative branch, and all of that. You know, they they just had all kinds of. That's true, but the function of that body was to be one, no matter what your responsibility. Remember that in God's sight, we're all one. When you could look at the high priest a spiritual representation of the holiness of God and know that you know what I might not be the king I might not be some highly respected person in terms of authority but I'm God's I can be one in that and so you and I one together in the body of Christ the other was the picture of you know Mount Hermon which I understand was the the snow capped tallest mountain in the region, and so, as the spring would come, the the ice would melt, you know in the streams of water, it would begin at the top again, same analogy, begin at the top, trickle all the way down into the valley. who would make a differentiation there? who would say where the greatness begins, and the minimalist person where, where's he well, where's the least? We don't think of it that way. We just think about the all-inclusive nature of it. And here was the truth, right? The binding together of those folks, ultimately to God's glory. Who is it? The individual? No, no. All of them working together in order to demonstrate or show God to the world. That was certainly characterized in... The early demonstration of God segregating His people to His glory. And that is true as God planned from before the foundation of the world, the establishment of His church as one body. United together. One purpose. Paul was in prison when he wrote about the oneness of the body and its significance. And he said, "I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called with all lowliness and gentleness with long-suffering bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. One together in Jesus." But one together in Jesus would mean... Wouldn't it mean that we're not working against each other? We don't become jealous or envious of one another. We don't try to outdo one another. What we try to do is to promote one another's good again to God's glory. Because if I see you moving ahead then what does that do for me in the body? That that does nothing but help to promote and encourage me. And so it's important that in the body there never be any malicious attempts on our part. Listen to our language and how we speak to one another, especially about our leaders like the elders or deacons. Do we build them up? Do we characterize them in a positive light? Or do we always try to find fault and are critical. Same would be true about our worship leaders, whether that's the preacher or our song leaders or our prayer leaders. And we're there, right, to encourage and to build one another up. Because the more that this body begins to encourage its various parts, its individual parts, who have each been equipped and effectively assigned a role in the body as we're building each one of those up and they perform at their very best, encouraged, then each one of us joining together will find a kind of unity that brings glory to God, sure, but is a testament to the power of the one body. That one body is made up of lots of members. You are one of those members. You have been empowered by God for a certain purpose, tasks to accomplish, if you will. And all of us working together to those ends and encouraging one another in those roles will ultimately, as the body, bring glory to God. And He will continue on that benefit to empower us. If you're a child of God today, you're special to Him. And He has tremendous expectations of you and the role that He's set aside for you to accomplish. Are you busy about that? Is it clear to you the path that you're on? If you're uncertain, or you've not really taken up that cause, understand that there's expectations. If you've been faltering in that regard, or just not been engaged in the work of the Lord... Please repent of that. If you need the encouragement and prayers of this congregation, we're here to pray with you and encourage you. We want to build everybody up. Let us pray with you this morning. Maybe you're not a child of God. You've not obeyed the gospel. You've not had your sins washed away in the blood of Jesus. Today, if you believe He's the Son of God... You're ready to repent of your sins, to confess your faith. You can be buried in water and have those sins washed away. You'll rise up in newness of life. The Lord will add you to His body, the church. And as such, you, like us, will be equipped with a purpose. If there's anybody today who needs to respond for any reason, now is your opportunity. Why don't you come if you need to while we stand together and sing. Of your burden of sin. And That's fire and blood, and blood. Power the blood. <laughs> to the Glory to the
1: Would you raise your hand and one of our ushers will make sure that you get one. As we enter this part of our worship, will you turn your attention to Revelation chapter 1? And I want to begin reading verse 4 and read through verse 7. John to the seven churches that are in Asia Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. Each time I have the privilege of leading us in this part of our worship, my mind always comes back to Revelation chapter one for some reason, because I think about uh, what he says there and this English tense is so very powerful here who loves us, present tense, and has washed us. Now, that tense, using that word has, means that we were washed and we're continuing to be washed. And that's what 1 John 1, seven teaches. That same Jesus who died for us, who he said in Matthew 26, do this in remembrance of me. So we're remembering not only that he died for us, but that he loves us, that one day he's coming in the clouds to receive us. Would you bow with me, please? Heavenly Father, as we partake of this bread, which represents the body that Jesus willingly allowed to be nailed to a cross and willingly allowed the life to be beaten from it, taken from it, so that he would rise again and sit on the right hand of the throne of God, as our strength and our power and our savior. As we do this, Father, help us do so in a manner that pleases you, but also in a way that remembers exactly what Jesus meant for us to understand. In his name we pray, amen. Let's continue our thoughts in prayer. Also, Father, as we continue this worship in remembering your son, we thank you for this opportunity, for this cup, this fruit of the vine, which according to your power and your plan and the directive of your son represents his blood that ran from his precious body and down that rugged cross and into the ground on that cruel hill That blood that was shed for the remission of our sins, and as we do our best to live in the light of your truth, and the light of your son, that blood cleanses us, and Father, we are thankful for that blood, and may we partake of this, pleasing you, serving you, and remembering the power in that blood, in your son's name, amen. As a matter of convenience, we also take this time to re- be reminded of our command as God's children to lay by and store. Uh, as the uh, we often say, that God's work continues. It is a command, of course, in 1 Corinthians 16. There are many ways that uh, you have that opportunity, and I pray you'll take advantage of one of those, but we always take a moment to thank God for those blessings, for without those Uh, we would be nothing, and we could not serve. Let's pray together. Again, gracious Father, we approach your throne on the bended knees of our hearts, this time thanking you not only for your Son, but how very good you are to us. Father, you are so good to us, and you give us so many things. Forgive us when we forget, and we take those for granted, and it, it flees from our mind the fact that all of our blessings, every single one of them, are for the purpose of not just making us comfortable, not just blessing us, but in fact are for the purpose of our using each of those blessings in your service to your glory, in the work of your kingdom. And as we remember that privilege today, may we do this, may we give with a cheerful heart, with a purposed mind, that your work would continue. Thank you, Father, in your son's name, amen.
3: Good morning and welcome to the Boomville Church of Christ on this beautiful Sunday morning, February the 20th, 2022. We had 294 in services this morning. I have several prayer requests and some other announcements. Uh, Steve Barnett's mother, Cindy Barnett, is in the hospital in Tupelo. We need to remember her in prayer. And Larry Wallace, this is a family member of Carolyn Legan. He's in the hospital in, in Nashville and is not doing very well. Also, Stella Pittman failed yesterday and she's in the hospital in Tupelo. Ricky Neves has requested our prayers. He's been in the hospital for about a week, but he's home now, but he's not doing real well. Emma Rast, this is Shirley Taylor's mother. She passed away Thursday. Visitation for her will be Monday, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Cutshaw's Funeral Home in Iuka and the funeral will be at 2 p.m. that same day. Also, May Floyd passed away yesterday. This is Donnie Floyd's widow from the Snowdown congregation and arrangements are incomplete. Also, uh, I've got a prayer request uh, for Doc Stewart, this is Tim and Cassie Stewart's cousin. Uh, the family is having to make some very difficult decisions in regard to him, and they've requested prayer for him. And also, tomorrow is Rumel Palmer's birthday. Give her a call and wish her a happy birthday. That is all the announcements I have at this time. Would you please stand for our closing prayer? Our most, our most precious Lord and Savior, thank you for this day and the many blessings you bestow on us each and every day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities we've had to come out today and study your word once again. Lord, we ask your continual blessings upon the church here at Boonville and the leaders of it. Give them the wisdom they need every day to lead us in a manner that's pleasing in your sight. And Lord, we ask your blessings upon the sick of our number. Lord, you know their hearts and their needs. Lord, we pray that if it be your will, you would restore their health. And Lord, those who have lost loved ones, comfort them as only you can. Now, Lord, go with us as we go to our homes. Bring us back at the next appointed hour. Forgive us, Lord, wherein we have sinned against you. For this we ask in your son's name. Amen.